Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. Time to get it started with First and Ten with Vinny Bonsignor and Sam Gordon. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Vegas Nation First and Ten, your weekly go-to for Raider news and analysis coming off a huge weekend, not just for the Raiders, but for the NFL and also uh, Las Vegas, concluding the draft, putting the uh, final touches on the draft and our analysis and commentary and, and thoughts uh, on it. Uh, and before I uh, bring in my great co-host, uh, Sam Gordon, just want to let you guys know that um, Vegas Station First and 10 is sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Uh, Sam Gordon, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? Good, Vinny. Doing well. Um, great week in Las Vegas, like you said. Uh, very, very cool to have the draft here. Of course, a lot of energy in the city. And great week for you, too. Uh, shout out, Vinny. Uh, uh, for, for our listeners who do not know, Vinny was named uh, the, by the Associated Press Sports Editors uh, Beat Writer of the Year, essentially. Right? First place beat writing for papers, our circulation size. Vinny did an awesome job uh, covering the Raiders. You continue to do an awesome job having a pulse of the team. A very eventful 2021. I want to publicly extend my congratulations to you. Excellent job, and we appreciate everything that you do for us here at the Review Journal. Oh, well, I appreciate that, Sam. And uh, as I've been telling uh, anyone that's asked to reach out, uh, this is a team game. Um, and uh, I truly appreciate the support. All my great colleagues, uh, you, Sam, Larry Muir, our great producer for uh, for Vegas Nation, which also I think plays a big role in what we do here. Uh, without question, all our editors and Adam Hill and Sam, or excuse me, uh, Ed Graney and Cassie and Heidi, uh, everybody shares in this, and, and I don't take that for granted whatsoever, but I really, really appreciate it. Um, and it's, you know, definitely uh, an eventful beat without question, and it continues to be. And, and Sam, um, you know, I felt like when you look at the Raiders draft specifically, uh, there's no question that you have to equate or, excuse me, um, you know, uh, add, add Devontae Adams into that equation. He was their first and second round pick. Uh, if you want to put it that way, and well worth the price that they paid to go get the Green Bay Packers, uh, you know, sensational star, uh, superstar wide receiver to put him on this team. And, you know, alongside Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro and on and on and on. It's a, it's a really good group of uh, offensive players now. And I think worthy of playoff and beyond uh, type talk. But there were some hill, some some holes that still needed to be filled, uh, some areas of concern. And, and as I look at this Raiders draft, uh, Sam, and you can poke holes uh, in it uh, if you if you want, no problem with that. Uh, but I really feel like a they stay true to their game plan and stay disciplined to that game plan of when their turn came around. You know, you draft the highest graded player that's left on their board. Uh, try to avoid getting sucked into drafting for need um, and and stay focused on drafting the best players available. And I think that in the long run, that philosophy pays off because if you're if you're uh, at a point where and anywhere in the draft, Sam, where you're going, okay, well, you know, we've got this particular pet player graded at this, you know, level. And um, sure, we need, we may need to beef up that offensive guard uh, room, but the next best guy at that position is decidedly below this guy who might not be a specific need at this moment, but he's a decidedly better graded player, uh, according to our board. And if you start trading off those more often than not, trading higher grades for needs, you're, you're eventually your roster is going to reflect that. Just draft the best players available. Uh, let the chips fall where they may. Sports 
takes crazy turns. There's injuries. There's all types of things that can happen. Um, but build your roster through the draft by drafting your highest graded players. There's a reason why uh, you graded those players uh, like that to begin with. Stay true to that. And ultimately, in the long run, you're going to build a better roster for it. Yeah, and I, and I think this year, as far as the Raiders are concerned, there was a little bit of overlap, right? Many like offensive line was a position – that I think, you know, we, we certainly, you and I felt like that, that could do some, some addressing. And sure enough, the Raiders, you know, with their first pick, take Dylan Parham, you know, address the offensive line and add another offensive line. And it, it, to me, like, game plan. Like you said, there was a clear game plan in place uh, to, to add talent that, hey, maybe some of these guys contribute this year, but maybe some of it's about down the road and, down, you know, in the future. Uh, you take a look at the running back situation with Josh Jacobs after his fifth-year option is declined and Kenyon Drake being free agents. Well, now you have a couple running backs that, that you can you can evaluate this year and see if, hey, maybe Zamir Wright is a potential starter on this team. And, and now you address, you know, defensive tackle where you had a lot of guys on one-year deals. Now you have a couple players to potentially build around. So, yeah, maybe maybe you, the, 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 the picks and the players aren't necessarily, you know, the sexiest for fans or whatever, but you're adding value not only this year, but long-term. I, I think, you know, there's always kind of a rush um, to judgment, oh, did, you know, did they fill these needs to your point, right? Did they fill these needs? Did they check these boxes? Well, they checked a couple boxes for this year, and they checked some boxes long-term, and it's, it's not just about this season. Yes, there's going to be uh, expectations this year with some of the free agents that were acquired, but you're also able to fill in those holes, fill in those crevices, build out some depth while also making sure there's a plan in place for beyond. So all things considered, given that they didn't have first and second round picks, you add a couple offensive linemen, you add a couple uh, defensive tackles, and you get a couple running backs. And, and now you have an opportunity to see how they fit in the equation this season and also do some evaluating long-term. And, and I think um, all things considered, the Raiders did what they needed to do. Exactly. And I think, Sam, um, you know, you, all you have to do is point to uh, running back where the Raiders double-dipped at running back with Zamir White and Britton Brown, uh, fourth round, seventh round, respectfully. And you can make the argument going into the draft where that running back room was at that point. That was like the last position you would expect them uh, to really address in the draft. You know, you had a crowded uh, running back room with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drakes and Brandon Bolden and Amir Abdul. Uh, there's There were a lot of bodies uh, there, and yet they went and drafted two running backs there. And that's because a couple of reasons. Number one, you know, if we take... Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels at their word. Those were the best players, uh, highest graded players left on their board. Uh, Zamir White, I don't think you have to make any kind of an argument for him. This is a guy that can flat out play good football. But then when you also look at, and Sam, you pointed this out, you know, there's there's varying, you know, levels of need. Some are immediate, some are long range. Because when you look at that running back room, only Brandon Bolden is signed through the end of, you know, through uh, into 2023. So every running back that's left on the roster is literally scheduled at this point to be a free agent at the end of this year. So it might not be an immediate need, but it's right around the corner. It's definitely a big need. And so there's a case where uh, the best player uh, that was graded on their, on their draft board at that particular point in the draft uh, also is somebody that they can now look to in a, in a long range sort of a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing I think that appeals about Zamir White, uh, Vinny in particular, is in college, uh, didn't, didn't have the full workload. He comes to the NFL with only 382 college carries. So you figure this year with, with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake still in the fold that they, you know, are likely 
still are going to have pretty big roles. I, I, I think we'll, we'll see Samir White in, in, in some capacity, given his, his pedigree. But when it is time, you know, if and when it is time to move on and there is a move made in 2023 and, and, and it becomes Samir White's show, um, he's relatively, you know, fresh. And, and he's somebody that, that can you, you would think that, you could, that can have a big workload um, and, and that can have uh, a long career based on limited wear and tear in college. I think at the running back position, that's always something you got to be mindful of. And that's a credit to, to Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler for understanding that this is a high-level player. I mean, he only had 160 carries last year in 15 games, so barely 10 carries uh, a game last year. He's going to come to the NFL fresh, ready to produce, uh, ready to be productive at a high level. And who knows, right, maybe next year be a starting running back um, in the NFL and the kind of guy that can carry a big workload. So that that made, you know, long range. Like you said, there's there's – the roster this year with where things are at, yes, there's, again, still some crevices, and, and you address some of those with the offensive line, but you want to build a sustainable program here, and given um, with the limitations you have because of the Devontae Adams trade, I think they were able to do that specifically, like you said, at the running back position. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas, so download the STN Sports app today. And one thing that Josh uh, McDaniels pointed out when we talked to him at the owners' meetings in Florida was, um, you know, when you when when you stick to that kind of a philosophy, sometimes what you're ultimately going to end up doing, and I think this is the case at running back, you strengthen a strength. So um, you know, you you were already in a pretty good position, especially for this year, um, you know, at running back, and and now you you made it even stronger. And the reason why that can be important down the line is there's there's multiple ways to utilize assets. One is just to run them out on the field and get as much production as you possibly can from. But um, let's say, you know, uh, in training camp, first of all, you also can't account for injuries. There's, they're always lurking right around the corner. So while something might look like a strength at this point could turn out to be um, a position of great need by the end of training camp or, or into the season. So uh, look at the offensive line last year. That was the case there. But it also can put you in a position of strength to be able to, let's say, you get help get through the running back room healthy uh, this offseason or whatever position you're quote unquote strong at. And then you start looking around the NFL and, and, and being aware of what your immediate needs are on the roster. And, you know, you say, well, you know, we could sure use some help at inside linebacker or linebacker, whatever the case might be. Um, and you look at around the league and there's some teams that have a surplus of that position with quality, not just bodies, but quality. And you say, well, you know, we've got a surplus at running back. They need a running back. You know, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles or whoever team X, Y, Z, you call them up and say, hey, look, we've got a surplus of, of, of running backs here. You guys got a surplus of safeties and we can use one. And that could help you match up in a trade where you take a position of strength and be able to utilize that to, to then strengthen a position that's maybe not as strong on your roster right now with qualified NFL people rather than just drafting for need and maybe getting a B or a C player that really can't help you other than they play the position that you need them to. So there's way there's a lot of different ways to utilize your roster and to utilize your assets. One could be down the road, maybe a Kenyon Drake or somebody else becomes a trade asset to go get something uh, of, of more immediate need. So, um, you know, that's that's kind of behind part of the uh, of what what's behind that, that kind of philosophy. Um, I thought the Raiders did a pretty good job uh, along the offensive line. It was a position of need. And in the third round, Dylan Parham, uh, who I think had projected to go maybe even a little bit higher, uh, depending on whatever draft board or, or draft goo you, you were listening to. So I thought they got 
a really good value with an ascending player, somebody that um, you know is is fairly new to the offensive line. He played tight end in, in high school, uh, came to Memphis. They immediately moved him to uh, defensive line. By the end of his uh, freshman year, which he ended up redshirting, uh, the coaches said, no, we actually think you're going to be better off playing uh, guard. And to his credit, between a redshirt year, switching positions multiple times, uh, and then settling in at guard, heading into his um, you know redshirt sophomore year, lo and behold, he ends up winning a job at left guard right off the bat and showed a lot of athletic ability, intelligence to pick up the position. And I still think that he's an ascending player that's only going to get better. And I feel like that was a pretty good uh, value pick there in the third round. Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. And like you said, given that he's, you know, worked all over the field, I think I always I always like when players have just kind of different experiences um, playing different positions because you have a different, you know, different feel for football. It just kind of gives you different lenses to look through when you talk about what he can bring to the offensive line, maybe some versatility. You probably expect him to, to work inside a little bit or compete for one of those jobs inside. And, and lo and behold, maybe you have a, a starter and a guy that, you know, can not only contribute this year, but again, Again, long-term, somebody that you can develop long-term, you know, third-round pick right now, very affordable, uh, and, and it gives you some flexibility, again, with what you want to do across across that front. So uh, it's not, you know, I thought, yeah, like you said, there was an intersection there, right? Best player available, area of need. Now you add competition to that offensive line room. Now you add some depth there uh, and while addressing a need in, in the process. And, and you have a larger pool. I mean, they're going to have to, some way, shape, or form, find the best five-man combination by the time the season starts and maybe even doing some tinkering in season like they did last year. Now you had a player with some upside to, to be a part of that equation, a part of that mix. Yeah, and then in the fourth round, which uh, uh, that pick 126 changed hands a couple of times. They ultimately got it back in a, in a series of, of trades with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I don't know if we've seen that before uh, in that short period of time. Uh, but they, uh, they 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 traded the way the 126 pick. They got it back. Uh, and, and between the fourth and fifth round, picks 126 and 175, they bring in Neil Farrell, defensive tackle from LSU, kind of a classic um, space-eating nose tackle uh, that I think will fit well um, in, in in this new defense. And then Matthew Butler, uh, defensive tackle from Tennessee, who kind of can play uh, all over uh, the, the defensive line of scrimmage and did that at, at Tennessee. Uh, and what I was thinking about when they made those picks was uh, just hearing Patrick Graham, the new defense coordinator, talking about how you know you want – enough versatility on your defense to be able to match up to whatever the offense is doing, not only on any given week, Sam, but sometimes series to series within games. And when you bring in some versatile players like Butler and Farrell, um, you're able to do that more often than not. And I I just uh, advising Raider fans to get used to the fact that they may be in a 3-4 one game and a 4-3 the next thing, a 52 the, the the week after that. A lot of it's going to depend on who they're playing and how they feel like they need to match up uh, schematically, defensively to fit whatever team that they're facing. And I think the way you best do that is by drafting as many versatile players as possible, especially on that defensive line that can do a number of different things and play a number of different assignments. Yeah, and that to me, those you know, those picks to me, Vinny, again, like you're thinking a little bit long term there. A lot of defensive tackles on this team, Jonathan Hankins, Vernon Butler, Andrew Billings, uh, we don't know what their futures are, right? We don't know exactly where they're at, not, not under contract beyond this season. So this creates um, some flexibility, you know, again, both this season and then both um, moving forward as well, depending on how, you know, these young players are able to contribute and to perform. And I like what you said. I like your point about the versatility 
um, defensively because you're going to have to adjust in this league. You see adjustments in game, uh, series to series, half to half, quarter to quarter all the time. And, and having the ability to, to, to be able to throw different looks at, def- at offenses um, in game or put different looks out there on tape to confuse defenses, I think is huge. So um, I, it, games are won and lost in the trenches, ultimately. Of course, it's, it's not quite that simple. We know that. But if you can disrupt the opposing offensive line and protect uh, defensively um, and quarterback, and if you can keep your own quarterback upright, that your, your chances to win uh, exponentiate. And, and the Raiders address that. Once again, they address that with some depth, and they, you, get, you get to look through this long-term lens, too, of how you want to build out this program and this defensive line long-term. Another value pick, uh, I felt, uh, in the seventh-round pick, 238, uh, Thayer Munford from Ohio State. And here's um, you know what, uh, what, what, what really stood out to me on that pick. Number one, another player uh, who had positional versatility uh, at Ohio State. Um, and I give him a lot of credit because – this guy was a tackle uh, for two years uh, up until last year. And then there was a need at guard and they moved him to guard. And, you know, there's, there's times where, you know, if you're, if you're a player and if you have NFL aspirations um, and you want to put your best foot forward and show that you could be not just a jack of all trades, but a master of one, um, you're taking a little bit of a chance right there. Um, you know, uh, uh, maybe not playing your best position and doing something uh, for the team and kind of sacrificing a little bit there was, uh, more than uh, okay with doing that and pulled it off and played at a pretty high level uh, at guard for Ohio State last year. Um, and and so that positional flexibility, which is very attractive to the Raiders, especially on the offensive line where, you know, inevitably you're going to probably have some injuries and you're going to need guys that can fill a bunch of different positions. Uh, I think Munford profiles best at tackle. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, if you got a crack uh, at right tackle and, and competed for, for for that job, we know that Colton Miller has left tackle locked up. Uh, but in addition to that, when you look at the pro, uh, when you look at the projections, this is a guy that some people had going in the fourth round to get a player like that, uh, uh, an Ohio State player who's played at a high level for a starter for three years. Uh, not a bad pickup uh, at that point in the draft. A six six three twenty. I mean, all Big Ten first team the last couple of seasons, right? Like played at a program where with. You know, national championship pedigree played around a lot of other great players and in massive, massive games um, in his college career for a seventh round pick. Like, why not? Right. Like, why not? You know, add again, add some depth, uh, create some competition at an area where there was some weakness with a player with who came from a big time program and that had a lot of success. Uh, at the college level. So I'm with you. Anything that creates depth and creates competition, uh, especially where there's an, an area where there was some trouble last season, I think is huge and a positive for the Raiders. And, and to find a player um, with that pedigree, with that with that, with that, that list of accolades and accomplishments and with the experience uh, that, that he had that late in the draft, uh, I think is, you know, a, 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 another strong a strong move. It's, it's, it's you know, low risk, high reward. If, if there is a, a pathway for him to play and contribute at a high level. You know, it, it also, creates a little bit of coverage uh, or it, you know n- now I think the Raiders can comfortably with Brandon Parker there uh, Munford they are Munford on the roster Dylan Parham um, you know the guys that they brought in there'll be a healthy competition now along the offensive line and Alex Leatherwood uh, who you know I think is the most fascinating lineman um, you know in the room in terms of what is he going to be is he going to be a guard or is he going to be a tackle and I think you can let you know, everyone sort of compete now uh, and see what you got during OTAs and, and the early point of, uh, point of training camp. 
uh, and then be able to kind of figure out what the best five players are. And I, I would, again, if we're urging or advising Raider fans to get used to anything, it's going to be the best five. I don't care where guys got drafted or how much money is invested. Uh, I think we all know that uh, obviously Colton Miller is going to be the left tackle. But beyond that, I think it's a true open competition and the Raider, Raiders are eager and, ta- uh, you know, uh, have an objective of whatever the best five uh, player combination is. That's what they're going to roll the, uh, out uh, to start the season. And it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But I don't think you're uh, desperate anymore to figure out immediately where Alex Leatherwood uh, best, you know, plays. Um, he's going to be able to compete in a couple different positions. And I think if he earns any of those, whether it's right tackle or right guard, he'll he'll have earned that position. Yeah, for sure. And also, Vinny, I mean, it's still only early May. There's still going to be some time if there's a need to add a veteran or do something of that nature. There's going to be time and opportunity um, to get that done. But if you take a look at the offensive line as a whole compared to where they were at, you know, a month ago or even, you know, last week at this time, uh, now you have more options, and I think for a new coaching staff that's trying to solidify the, you know, I guess what you could say the the point on the roster that struggled the most, or the most inconsistent point on the roster to have depth and to have some flexibility and to have options and to create competition, I think is all you can hope for uh, at this point in the NFL offseason with with still a lot of a lot of time between now and training camp when when the money's on the table. Absolutely, and we're going to be here every step of the way, uh, including next week. Uh, to, to recap anything that happened this week and also start looking ahead uh, undrafted free agency uh, who they were able to pick up there is there anyone left uh, on the uh, on the f- uh, secondary free agent market that the Raiders might look to maybe a trade uh, to beef up uh, any particular position um, it's an evolving living breathing uh, document that roster and uh, and I don't expect the Raiders to uh, to waste any time or, or to be sitting on their hands uh, as they go about putting the best roster together heading into training camp. Uh, but we will be back at it next week. We appreciate all the support. Thanks to Larry Muir, our great producer, for always being flexible and great at what he does. Sam, thanks for thanks for everything that you do to all our listeners. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys next week. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.